Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Phone Box Podcast with me, Emma Conway. How the flipping heck are you? Hope you're well. Thanks so much for all your love and support on episode one with Gemma Bird. It was a cracker and we've got another cracker today with possibly the weirdest, just the weirdest poster that anybody would ever have on a wall. We've got presenter, DJ, author Lauren Layfield on the show. She has a brand new tween series out called Indie Ray is Totally Faking It. It's brilliant. Erin's reading at the moment and she absolutely loves it. But but if you have, if you had a, a weirder poster on the wall, please do message me. Please do direct message me on the phone box podcast or at Brum Brum Move 2 because I want to hear it because I don't think you're going to beat this. I really, really don't think you're going to beat it. There's been a bit of a turn in the weather. I'm actually currently looking at a pumpkin snickerdoodle candle. Hot chocolate, I'm going to have one of them later. So grab yourself a cuppa and listen to a lovely long podcast or maybe go on a nice autumnal walk. Whatever you're doing, let me know. I would love to see where you listen to the podcast and enjoy a very fun episode with the amazing Lauren Layfield. Hello, Lauren, and welcome to the Phone Box Podcast. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm very, very excited about this podcast. I'm the most nostalgic person who's offered me my dream podcast. I just love to, I don't know if I'm living in the, I am, I'm living in the past. I just love talking about stuff like this. Okay, we worked out before. What year were you 14? So I was 14 in 2001. So just the turn of the millennium. Did you think when the millennium was going to happen, the world was going to explode? Everyone did. Do you remember that? It was so weird. I remember really clearly looking on my in, in my watch, because I don't think I would have had a mobile phone at that time, looking on my watch and counting down yeah. to midnight that night. And everyone else was like, yay, old anxiety. And I was going three, two, one, 
here comes the apocalypse. Like, <laughs> very scary. What was all that about? They were like, all oh, the computers, everything's going to break. It really is going to be the end of the world, guys. You've got to really brace yourself. Nothing it's happens. Nothing very anticlimactic. If Not one single solitary thing happened. Um, I actually went to the Millennium Dome when it was full with all the gump in it. Did you ever do that? No, I didn't. And now I look, I saw some photos of it recently because I kind of, in the most random <laughs> exhibition, like... It was rubbish. You wouldn't get what it what it was for or what it was trying to say. It was very odd. It was rubbish. We just there was bits where you'd go through like a blood set. I don't, it was just it was just <laughs> terrible. Whole family, come on, let's go to the Millennium Dome for the, the day. Oh, real event. God. It was like people would walk around going, "I'm going to the Millennium Dome this week." Yeah, I'm going to the Millennium. Oh God, absolute load of rubbish. Okay, what was your bedroom like? That gives a good indication. My bedroom. I remember at that age. I think actually until that age, I'd not been allowed to decorate my room. So my parents were quite house proud, and they were like, "No, no, no." And I, I think I basically worn them down. So about thirteen, fourteen, so around this time, I decided that my colours of choice were going to be lime green and lilac. That was the colour scheme that was all of the rage at that time. Which, by the way, not to promote my book already, but I just, <laughs> there is very much a bit of a green purple combo. It's a bit of a, and it matches with my fridge. And also, my Stanley Cup, look at that. There what? we go. It was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, those were the colours in both, and it, was a, it wasn't that green. It was a lime. Yeah. So I think what I had gone for, I think mum and dad had said, you're not having lime green paint. That is just a super... No. So you can have it purple across the top, then a dado rail across the middle. Of course. Bottom was purple and green striped. Very nice. Not really sure how I was supposed to sleep in such an environment. It's a bit Beetlejuice, I think, that. Beetlejuice, quite energising kind of colours. Not not very relaxing, but I loved it. I remember thinking, like, this is a bit of me. You've made it. A dado rail was an absolute standard, a classic. To the good old dado rail. They really went out, didn't they? I don't know. One day, somebody just was like, no more, just pulled them all down. But just in every house, I remember it was just very, very necessary that my parents had dado rails everywhere, left, right, and centre. Yeah, with the, with the paint and the paper. One was paint, one bit was paint, one bit was paper. It was an absolute classic. Did you have any posters on your wall? I had um, Roald Dunn. Oh, <laughs> I presume like a cartoon, not a, not a, not a like know. a pitch a photo. Cool man, and it was massive. It was a huge, great big. What would it be like? Eight two or something like that. It was massive. What? Well, I had that alongside the other ones of like Boy Zone and Abel okay. and all those kinds of like boy bandy types. Justin Timberlake was up there, and and then for no good reason, big old Roald Dahl, eighty-seven year old man. Was it a black and I feel like it would be black and white. And it was. And I don't know why he was the biggest one out of them all. Which was the strangest thing. I just love Roald Dahl books so much. Yeah, I love Roald Dahl books. They're great, but the man wouldn't have him on the wall. <laughs> like nobody pulled me up on it. Like my parents never said it's a bit weird. <laughs> Yeah. They were just like, fair enough. Okay, yeah. so you had Boys Own and that lot. Did you have any crushes on any of the the boys in the band? Justin Timberlake was the big one of, of yeah. our era at that time. We'd kind of gotten over Boys Own, we were a bit more 90s. Yeah. Early 2000s, yeah, music kind of drifted into a little bit more that kind of R&B. Like, it got a bit cool, didn't it? And, yeah. And popped up that kind of turn. And with it, Justin Timberlake was like, 
the the the, the white poster boy of oh of, Crimea River oh. yeah and like and then I would move on to you know Jay Z and Fifty Cent and stuff like that but like. Yeah, Justin Timberlake was like my my gateway R and B drug, basically. There's nothing more R and B than a white man with curly hair beatboxing. Oh, it was, and he, I mean, even Justin Timberlake must cringe about that now. Good lord! <laughs> On the radio at the moment, for some reason, we're playing "Rock Your Body." Oh, it's a great song. I like it. It doesn't age well though when he's bump bump at the end. Bump 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 chick bump. Really, not ideal. Um, but God bless him, you know, he was like my first concert and everything. Yeah. And we loved him. We just thought he was he was boyfriend material at that point. So you, you, you're sitting down to do an interview and they're like, we've got a celebrity today and it's going to be a surprise. And Justin walks in, would your heart flutter? I think I know too much now. <gasps> I mean, he's, he's a bit of a funny one, isn't he now? Yeah, he's just, I don't know if he was always funny or this has just become a little bit funny over the past few years. I think he looked yeah. me at the... Um, and then there's some band over the dance, dance, dance song. Da, 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 da. Like, you can't find that sexy. You know? Trolls, the trolls Troll. song. Um, as a, as a, my kid, we've heard that a lot yeah. in this house. A lot, of, a lot of trolls. That one, and also Happy from Pharrell from it, the Minions. I mean, they know that's... what they're doing. You have to applaud it. They know how to make a an earworm that's going to get into all children's heads and therefore their parents make an absolute banger yeah justin justin timberlake yeah this album was unbelievable the white album was brilliant it was so good i went to see the concert a couple of times and he did a lot of beatboxing in that concert yeah a lot and and I, i don't know if you remember this but i seem to remember that there was a moment where he he stripped it back to basics that no yeah no musicians no backing vocals, no instruments, nothing. It was just him for three minutes, just bum chicka wow. I can, he, I remember it vividly because I remember thinking, this is the time I'm going to go and buy a t-shirt. Yeah, because yeah. this is terrible. They seemed, I seem to remember there being like a bridge across the stage, and he was stood in the bridge. Hey. and we were just like, this Justin, no, I'm off. Well, see, uh, we, I'm, I mean, we loved it. I mean, it was the first. Yeah, concert i've not been to a concert since i don't think i've been to gigs but i've not been to concerts yeah and i remember thinking me and my friends it was like the first time that we we were we lived in warwickshire in like a small town and we decided we were traveling up to that birmingham to go and stay and it was just um, such a massive event we planned it for weeks (sighs) we've been planning our outfits don't find the perfect justin timberlake outfit we'd Books at a, a, a good and what restaurant it would have been a Pizza Express or something. Yeah, or have a a fine meal. <laughs> yeah, maybe a TGI is on the Hagley Road. Yeah, that would have been fancy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it just ruled our life for months because we were so excited to see him. I mean, then he's. I bet you wore denim. Do you know what was it was? Um, I think it was in the winter, so it was either it was either denim flares, yeah, cord flares. Oh. And it was very low V-neck tops, even though I had no boobies. To no. Uh, Baker Boy caps. Do you remember that? <gasps> and a suede kind of effect, beige Baker Boy hat. I've still got the photo somewhere. <gasps> and for no reason, we'd really gotten into heels at that time. Our friends had just started wearing stilettos sky high St- this outfit does not require stilettos you would well, expect a trainer and genuinely we were crippled walking around birmingham trying to get there and that's before we even got to the dancing bit and these like and you put the stilettos like over the over the jeans sometimes or you know whatever and and we were 
I remember I was like, I'm gonna have to take my heels off during this, like during this this concert because yeah, I, and it's so funny because you compare it now to kids, and it's all about the trainer. Oh, Erin's always in trainers, yeah. And I think that now kids, I, I, they don't know, they don't know how lucky they've got it. I bet in your head you thought Justin's gonna see me in this Baker Boy hat, uh-huh. and. Brittany, she's gone. It's, it's now all about me. Really? And and do you ever get that as well? I think people still do this now, but you go, he definitely looked at me. I saw he Oh, he definitely looked at course. And he saw me. He saw me in my hat. Like I I I think we should try and get backstage because he, t- yeah. he a, there was a there was a, a, a connection. Yeah. He wasn't laughing at your hat, he was smiling. Smiling at <laughs> Like, what a lovely baker boy hat. I need the first. <laughs> Okay, what kind of set round did he have? I I I didn't have like now. I'm ten years older than you, so I yeah. I'm sad the Baker Boy hat skipped me. Are you know, I missed it. Maybe I should reinstate it now. <laughs> I don't think anybody should. Re- I can help you with a beret coming back. That's a classic. A Baker Boy should stay. Beret and a red lip, lovely. A Baker Boy, okay, maybe not. What at school? What kind of school was it? Was it uh, mixed? Was it girl school? All state school. It was. You know the school kind of everybody wanted to go to because it was like it was a night nice, it was a nice it was a nice school and it was genuinely the funnest time ever. Oh, that's nice. You no, know, and I find it so strange now because I do speak to a lot of people who go, oh, "I hate school." Cool. Yeah, and I go, "What?" Like I had the most amazing friends and we got up to so many silly things. We were kind of like the in betweeners of our year group as well so we weren't the nerds we didn't have to deal with anything like bullying which we were very like lucky not to do but we weren't cool either so we were kind of in this like lovely mid spot where we just could crack on just being you know tits basically just not that sounds so nice i've had a few people that didn't have a very nice time which makes me feel really sad really sad yeah so you were kind of you weren't cool but you were just like in your own little yeah and actually our school was very nice because i say you know I don't think there was a whole load of, but our our um, year group was split into two sides, and we were on one half, and our half was just really, really nice and accepting. And I don't think there actually was that much like bullying and stuff. Though, but yeah, on. it was it was almost like, you know, the cool kids would still talk to like the nerds and stuff like that. It wasn't like oh, get away, I'll never speak to you. The other half, there was a bit more hierarchy on that side for some reason. So I think there was a bit more that went, but we weren't really primitive. Our half was just really, really like nice. And, you know, all the house parties that ever took place. Oh, house parties. Oh, my gosh. The best times, the best times, best stories, the best memories. Basically, they formed so much of my book um, because we had so much fun and so silly. House parties. My daughter was talking the other day because we were watching. I don't know if you've seen um, You're Not Coming to My Bar, bar, bar Mitzvah. Have you seen that on Netflix? Really? It's such a good film with Adam Sandler. And it was all these Americans having these big, massive parties in these big houses. And my daughter was like, do we have parties like that in England? I was like, no, you'll get 10 people around somebody's house. Literally, that's exactly <laughs> it. Like, it's changed though, because I remember like, they used to be, I, I don't know, maybe this was what, because I used to do drama. So, doing drama at school after every show that you'd put on there would be a house party to celebrate so a rap party so the whole cast of the play would come down so you got more than 10 people at a house party but like 30 40 50 people come to, and they were they were loose like everybody was sneaking booze in trying yeah snogging in corners yeah all sorts and the room mill would be flying the next day 
just brilliant it was did you ever have a party because i know my mum and dad would have killed oh, me no. so i just went to parties yeah, no my mum and dad took offense when i wanted a sleepover like <laughs> i used to get bollocks all of the time when i used to friends around to the point that i couldn't enjoy having people no my mum wouldn't dad would try to be shut us up at like nine o'clock like keep it down keep it down quiet quiet my parents are quite strict but we had so many where where we lived we had so many people who would i mean where i was from outside of sort of where i was you got into quite like posh territory oh lovely yeah, so you had a lot of these like spoiled brats that mummy and yeah. would let them have these massive parties in these big houses and mummy and daddy would go and just retire to the bedroom and sort of oh my mom and dad would never have oh my god we you always get a couple of kids don't you whose mom and dads are just a bit cooler a bit chiller and my dad does listen to this podcast and dad you're lovely but you weren't cool and no, chill no um emily emily hill's mom and dad legend yes. still legends to this day and i still think of them fondly um they always party at emily hill's house always a party it was one of my mates she lived in like a, a townhouse so it had like four floors Oh. parents would just go up there and then particularly the basement just became the party basement basically so she had people around regularly that was great had this girl called lucy whose parents they were the ones that put themselves in the bedroom and i remember me and my mates we'd had one too many alco pops <laughs> just going exploring the house and we burst in and saw mum and dad in bed with the duvet <gasps> chins watching television we were like <laughs> can you imagine the things that went down at that pie like oh it was just and I, I tell you what I used to do I used to have a Saturday job I go to a party house party just go to straight wouldn't sleep straight to the Saturday job at next can you believe that you could do that as well <laughs> at that age you could just go straight into it like and I'd go out on the Saturday night as well <laughs> yeah we used to have our big night out in our town was a Tuesday night oh yeah so Everyone would go out at school, particularly this more thick form a little bit later on, but everyone would go out to the club and then come to school. You just, you just, oh, well, if I went out on a Tuesday night now, by Sunday, I'd still be suffering. Uh, yeah, I'd need, yeah, I'd still be like, I need to have a, you have a relaxing one. This yeah, I, could, I couldn't cope with it. Um, So your first crush was Justin Timberlake. Yes. Can you tell us about your first snog and was it any good? It was awful. Oh, it no. So awful. I was just desperate to kind of get it done basically and I remember at that age and this is something the carriage of my book goes through Indy goes through it, it pre- preoccupies your life everything becomes a competition because suddenly your friends are getting in there first and yeah done this or they've done that or they've started their period or they've got a bra and it, it becomes this highly competitive thing I don't know if that's the situation now with young people but it certainly felt like getting a snog was very very imperative it almost felt like you couldn't join full teenagehood mm-hmm. it? and i remember just being at this weird sort of gathering of people who i didn't really know and i kind of had this boy that was just lurking around and he really i couldn't even tell you his name to this day <sighs> there's no good story to it no i remember thinking he looks like he might just want to do a snog so i i, I sort of just started talking to him a bit more and then he literally just, like, there was no preamble or anything no. like that. Just like, raw and just leant straight in. And it was classic washing machine. Ugh, wet. What? <laughs> like, wet, like, it, I swear, I've got, like, PTSD. <laughs> like, no one, my now husband, gives me a kiss, like, a little bit soggy. I'm like, <laughs> Just horrible. so wet. And then you finish it and you're like, uh. 
No, but do you know what? It's like it was disgusting, but at the same time, I was exhilarated because <gasps> I had gotten it done. Yeah. Go into school on Monday and be like, well, weekend, guys. Had a cheeky snog. Well done, do you know? And it was just like, tick, we've done that now. I've only had one person on the podcast whose first snog was nice. Everybody else's, hey, they're disgusting. You don't know what you're doing. You don't really know, like, what the crack is. I remember in, like, year six, this was very young, but there was this boy and this girl. So what are we talking about? Yeah. And they were kind of like, the cool ones and they would do snogging in the school fields yeah. down from where they lived. but for some reason somebody thought it'd be really fun to time them to see how long they could yeah. stop and honestly they were literally like oh. bit with really dribbling down their chin as they oh. went on like 17 minutes or something. <gasps> and we just sit around and be like yep 16 minutes then keep going guys like oh. it was oh that's not hygienic. They must have had some repetitive strain injury. Oh, God, I'm too worried for their jaws. Like, that is not. Oh. No, snogging. It's a funny old thing, isn't it? It is. It's. It, but there was definitely a sense of, you're right, with like periods. Like, get, And I was a late, everything. I was just late for everything. 14 yeah. for my period. 18 for my first snog. I'm sorry, that's terrible. Everything. I didn't have my bra until I was like probably over 40. My, my, my period came out. Yep. On the day Take That and Party came out the album, so it's forever. <laughs> what a celebration. What, a, what celebration. a high and what a low. Low, yeah. <laughs> in one, in one, in and I, I can't, I, I, whenever I see Take That, it, I'm just gone back yeah. to that day. But yeah, no, I was quite a late, late, late start for everything, really. I, I put yeah. it down to going to a girl's school, I don't know, or I was just not cool. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because my mate goes, went to a girl's school and we were talking about this recently and she was saying the thing about girl's school is that, like, you're all just like a bunch of, like, funsters basically because there was no boys to impress no boys just being idiots all day and then it was when you left school she was saying that that's when she put makeup on because that's when she might bump into a boy on the way home and she said that you know the opportunity to see a male in the wild was actually so much lower than if you go to a state school so she said one time one of these boys wandered up to the school gaze and she said it was literally like a pack of lions Descended down to school because they were like a boy. It a boy. was. It, we once 
I still remember it now. We once had, I don't know what the headmistress was thinking. They got a band from the boys' school to come and perform in the girl the girls' school. And it was like the Beatles had rocked up. We they did that at boys' school as well. <laughs> we were all <laughs> we, yeah. we were just like like circling them and these poor boys Feral. like yeah. <laughs> Actually, I bet they bloody loved it. I bet they did. No, it was it was wild time, and I still I I've talked about this before, but I still when you go to a girls' school, you still find it. And I'm 45, I still find it a bit weird when I'm like working with men and stuff. It's still a bit like, yeah, like there's a male in the room. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> so so that's quite nice because you know, like everything we did was like driven by boys. You know what we're wearing, how high your skirt is, have you got your face on? Who are you going to see in the corridor next? Everything was about males. And I think, do you know what? I would have got much better grades at school had I not been so distracted. Yeah, we didn't care. We There was no makeup. We were just, I mean, but, it, but what you get at an all-girls school is very bitchy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, imagine we're all in sync at the same time. Like, every, yeah. it's just, there's a lot, it's a lot, it's very catty, which has actually set me up quite well for adult life, to be fair. That's good. <laughs> for them. That's good thing. That's good. Okay, so you had your baker hat. What yes. other fashion faux pas did you have? Skirts over trousers. They were pretty bad. I'm telling you now, my sister messaged me the other day out of nowhere and said, I think they should bring skirts over trousers back. No, yeah, is she all right? I was, like, I, I was like, I was like, what? Why? Why? Like, I don't understand the aesthetic of it. I, I, I kind of think, was it sort of born from like a grungy kind of thing? But that doesn't make sense either. It was just pure Y2K, wasn't it? It was, I remember I really wanted a pair because obviously you were DIYing it for a while. Yeah. And then they started selling them as an all-in-one situation. So I remember going to Georgia Asda. Nice. For a pair of, it was like, they were like uh, grey jersey flares with the skirt on top. And I just thought they were the most magical thing. I wonder what we were thinking. I don't know what we were thinking. It sniffs very much of steps to me. I feel like steps are wearing it. Yes, I feel like they could They could be... Actually, they could be blamed for a lot of things, I think, fashion-wise. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Stuff, wasn't there, like, you know, the, the double denim was a big vibe, but not in a kind of cool way that you might wear it now in a, in a sort of denim skirt, denim top. Denim. Brittany and Justin in the double demon outfit with the cowboy hat. What? Oh, yeah, and that was the that was peak. That was the height of fashion, wasn't it? Like, it was pretty bad. It was all just bad. And it does shock me now, like that a lot of that stuff is like back in at the minute. Like that early two thousands is it's, is. Go to if you pop into Urban Outfitters, you'll be shocker because you've got you've got your uh, Von Hardy or whatever Von Dutch, whatever the hats are and, called. Um, the um Juicy Couture. Oh my! My daughter would sell her brother to get a juicy couture tracksuit if i said right you've got a choice your brother never lives here anymore but you can have a pink juicy couture tracksuit she's like well sorry ethan sorry see you later it's That's been nice knowing you yeah yeah juicy couture is back i never wore that though i didn't have the bottom for that like I didn't have you the know, money didn't have the money oh the bottom yeah you're right no i don't think anybody had the bottom unless it was i just don't know yeah they also the um combats with um dragons up that's there that's, as well. They're easy, isn't it? Yeah. And I actually did buy recently at a photo shoot and I did see a pair of combats and I thought, I'm gonna buy them. Yeah. They were kind of like a grown up combat. So mm-hmm. they were kind of like a silky satin kind of material. So I was like, let's give it a go. I put them on, I looked in the mirror, I thought, 
God, these are comfy, but I just can't pull these off. Like, it's too late for you. You've got to put them down at some point. I thought you were going to say, I looked in the mirror and I thought, I'll add a skirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know all this needs? A skirt. <laughs> such, such, anyway, it's such a strange time. What's one thing you wore then that you would wear now and you'd wear it again with no shame? You remember them? They were they were like a rolly, sort of suede kind of boot. And it was all kind of roughly around the ankle and then they were pointy at the front. Yes, I remember them. Small heel, which was pointless. And we used to wear them. I mean, I wore them everywhere. I wore them like to school. I wore them going to town. I wore them when I went out. And they just looked great with a rah-rah skirt. Yeah. A rah-rah skirt had a, a revival. It sort of went from the 80s and it came out then in the 2000s. And you'd pair it with like, cool pair of tights and these little booties and the rah-rah skirt as a teenager gave you hips which was cute and then you had your little legs and then you had like these little stompy boots and I just felt like you just felt really really sassy in them I'd, I'd definitely wear that now with a little tank top and stuff oh lovely and the boots you'd wear them so much that the plastic would fall off and you'd just be walking around on a bit of metal literally on a bit of metal and also being made out that suede material we always used to say you used to wear them to school and it would chuck it with rain <laughs> walking through puddles and we would have to take our boots off when we go and hang them on the radiators yeah. soaking with just a little bit of metal because the plastic had lost that, that had gone that lasted one one half an hour of a wear it's like a oh. ballet flat a ballet flat you'd wear it and they'd just disintegrate in the rain they'd the be ballet gone. flats are back now and i do have a soft spot for them because they saw me through a lot of outfits but God, as soon as you started flapping at the front, you know, when they would just, the, the sole would come away and you just have like a, a mouse at the front. Of I the loved a ballet flat. But if you get a ballet flat in the rain, you, my friend, you're having to buy more ballet flats on the way home because you are. Oh, abs- don't. Oh, my God. And it almost was like the ballet flats. I think I'm talking maybe like primark ones. The inside yeah. was almost made like, I think it was just cardboard. It was cardboard. 100% <laughs> it was cardboard. And they cost about four quid or something so obviously they were cardboard but they just once they got sodden there was no odor escaping Ooh, them. so with your tights and your tights still will have bits oh no but do you know what i'll probably wear it again no i probably would as well i'd wear it. some leopard print ones i always dreamt of having like chanel ones or something yeah, yeah. No. i loved a leopard print one they did that was very much like if you wanted to instantly make an outfit feel cool you'd put like a little leopard print pump on you'd be like yeah, I, I mean, have got leopard print shorts on today, and I said to Steve, my husband, I was like, I feel phenomenal. I love yeah, a bit, love a bit of leopard print. It, I it, feel like it was proper leopard print back in the day as well. Like now, it's various different animal prints, which should, sometimes comes across as tacky. But I think a proper leopard print, a bit of Bet Lynch, a bit of Pat Butcher. Yeah. Oh, you'd be an like, absolute <laughs> classic. And what was your biggest teenage flop at school? I guess in a in a serious manner, I would probably say. I literally, I was quite a smart kid in the early days and I loved learning and I loved reading. I wasn't great in maths, but I was, you know, generally quite good at other subjects, but I swear to God, as soon as I found boys, I ruined it all. Mm. I was just so distracted. So I think my my biggest fault was like, I could have been one of those kids who could have like done the A's and generally like applied to like the, the really clever universities. And but instead, I just wanted to do snogging and stuff. I just wanted to do snogging, go to the house parties, and just live your best life in your ballet flats. Yeah, absolutely. That was. I, I, do you know what? I don't know. I wouldn't change it. That's the thing. Like, I think you call it like a, a flop or a failure. 
I had the best time and you can't replace that. No. So not a real flop, is it? No, it's not a real flop. It was a life choice and it's led you to a very successful career. So you didn't do too bad, did you? No, exactly. And and then on a lesser, I think on a lesser serious note, I think my, my flop would have been, I, like I said earlier, used to do the plays and used to love drama and all that kind of stuff. But God damn, I could not sing. So oh, no. make us audition for the musicals. And I swear to God, four years in a row, I auditioned for each musical. Oh. At one point, they, I'm going to have to get in on one of them, do you know? Yeah. Listen, was my, my best mate, she would get all of the big roles yeah. as well. She played at the in Les Mis, and she played, you know, the one of the main roles in West Side Story because she could sing and she was brilliant. And I was there auditioning year after year, standing up in front of like the boys I fancied and all my mates going like, the day thinking this is going to be my time. Never, never got your in, time. Never got into one musical. My sister was Sandy in Greece. I was oh. Chacha Jagorio's friend number three. Perfect. Just exactly at it. the back. I didn't even get number three, Emma. <laughs> They didn't even let me into the chorus. But I just, but I did pull Sunny and we went out for a bit. So to be honest, I feel like I was winning. That's all right, is that? Yeah, I must say, like, well, me and another mate didn't get into the, we did Sweeney Todd one year. So we were the stagehands. And basically our job was to open the door so the actors could get onto the stage. <laughs> big, big, big role. But I must say, like, we had such fun because obviously, like, the bit like older boys from the years above would come you know ready to be on stage and stuff and we'd be there like just flirting no while. pressure as well all you gotta do but, is have to this was the only way i could get to a boy was they did the musicals at the boys school so you oh, can imagine uh, yeah so the boy so all the rehearsals would be at the boys school the performances would be at the boys school so because they, they drafted girls in to be the girls <gasps> oh, oh my god um, imagine the joy I would have been, they could have been, Emma, would, you are a wheel on the car in Grease Lightning. I'd have been, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's me, I'll do anything. That's so good. So, so I was happy with the girl at the back going out with Sunny. And it's one of my, so one of my life's biggest triumphs. Okay, exactly. so what's one of your um, biggest successes that you were really proud of yourself? Do you know what? I think my biggest success story was is probably that the friends that I made are my friends today, like my best mates today. They are my biggest success story because it's very funny when you go from sort of little school and you move into big school and you just sort of don't know what to expect or who you're going to meet. And I never really considered myself an overly confident person. So when I arrived at my big school, I had my my best friend from my, from my primary school and we kind of stuck together quite a lot. And I just kind of thought at that stage, well, it's just going to be me and me and my, my my oldest friends and that'll be us we'll just go through school and that'll be it and it was probably not until maybe year nine that I met my best friends now not met them I knew of them but became really really good friends with them and they are literally now my sisters you know Aww. we talk all day you know and they I, I, I literally like couldn't live without them we've just got exactly the same personality and I was thinking gosh Imagine if I'd never met them. Yeah. Like, like imagine if I'd, you know, not kind of like reached out to them and the amount of like fun stories that we've got together. And, and you know, they've got kids now and, you know, we don't, we've not lived in the same area for 
gosh, years now, 15 years or something. But they're still my like absolute closest mates in the world. And I just think they are, they are the biggest success story. Oh, you know, that's great, so nice. Cute. Like great and stuff. You know, they, those things that they don't matter in the long scheme of things, really. You know, um, the boys that you fancy, they come and go, you know. But to say you've still got those friends, how many years would it be now? Like 25 years later is why there's nothing like reminiscing with a, an old school friend because you're just a crying with laughter do you remember when so did, and also i'm gonna say and i do apologize if any of my teen teenage crushes listen they don't they, these these lads didn't grow up to be the fittest men <laughs> i'm so mean because i'm currently getting asked a lot about who my first crush was and things <laughs> yeah. like that well and Bless him. The boy that I was in love with, it's a totally different vibe for me now. So yeah. I, would, I wouldn't even blink in no. the street. <laughs> it's just, and we've all had a little look. We've all had a little search on Facebook and a little, yeah. little, we'll have a little look God. on Instagram. And you're like, oh, thank God. Well, yeah. One of them, like, that I saw was seen a little bit. He, he's now like this, like, beefcakey kind of guy. Oh, and I'm like, oh, no. 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 Are you glad you were a teenager then or do you wish you were a teenager now? So glad to be a teenager then. I mean, we were on the cusp of social media. Yeah. So we were very much, um, 14 would have been peak MSN time. Uh, we would have then gone into like the MySpace era, that kind of vibe. Um, but I, I don't know how teenagers do it now. I think it is terrifying. You know, you can never really switch off from no. that world. Even things like WhatsApp and stuff, you know, the drama now between younger girls, like you were saying, you at school, that will now carry on. We on we have strict, we have strict rules. I mean, Erin's 12. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to enforce these, but after yeah. half eight, the phones, it t- yeah. turns off because you were getting people like, two o'clock in the morning, like FaceTiming. And so from um, that, half eight till seven, the phone is... God, yeah. It's just, and there's just so much, there's so much out there. And, you know, I find that I do. I keep scrolling TikTok and half an hour is just gone like oh, that. I love TikTok though. Oh my God, it's so Literally, good. But it's evil. Evil. It's- and especially, I'll tell you what's really difficult. Me and my friends talk a lot about if you're feeling sad... Yeah. I can scroll until it makes me feel sadder. It is bizarre. Yeah. yeah, but also I think sometimes you see something, it can put life in perspective. So if I'm a bit annoyed because, you know, I missed my train and I was late to something or whatever, I think, I'm no if I then go and find a, a, you know, a 999 call from a murder yeah. and watch that, I go, oh, your life's not too bad then, is it? To you be know, fair, like- you've got a point there. I do, I, I, sometimes I end up on murder TikTok and I don't know what, I, I don't know what algorithm I'm on, but I'm like, murder TikTok, I'm on cult TikTok at the moment and I don't know how I've ended up there. Mm. And mine at the moment is US medical drama TikTok. Oh. So like a woman's come in and she's got three eyeballs, have this tea <laughs> and then five stories later, five videos later, they've still not, Told. Go to part two. You're like, oh, for God's sake. Like, oh, <laughs> just do it in one part, for God's sake. I'm on, Dis- I'm on Disney TikTok because I've just come back from Disney and cult yeah. TikTok. And I don't know if that's because Disney's a bit of a cult. Unsure. <laughs> I am. Actually, I do believe Disney is a cult. So. <laughs> Unsure if there's a little bit of a crossover there. Okay, if you could go back in time and speak to little Lauren, what would you say? I don't know how many sage words of advice I would want to give because I feel like all the mistakes you make, are the best stories that you yeah. have. You know what I mean, so what I'd probably say is probably be, be less worried about authority. I mean, 
we got up to some mischief, but we were never bad kids. I feel like if I went back, I would actually be a bit naughtier because I feel like, you know, in classrooms and stuff, I was you know pretty respectful, rarely got into trouble there. And, you know, I was quite a good kid to my parents, I think. And I think actually... It really could have afforded to get away with a bit more shit. Basically. Yeah, I'm a rule follower, a real. And and, and um, my, my son's not so much, but my daughter isn't. She's gone into year eight and I've said, look, year eight is a bit of a DOS year, really. It's not year seven. not you know. So year eight's a great year to find friends, have some fun and just let loose a little bit. But she's very Thanks. like rigid like me. That's the thing. Whereas I feel like I let loose at the worst time. So I, I went a bit mad when it was exam. Yeah. You know, I messed them up. And it's like, actually, if you just thought about like year seven, just go and have a lap, year eight, go and have a mm-hmm. lap, year nine, maybe you're going to do some exams then, so maybe like, but you don't have that perspective then, do you? So I'd probably tell them that just, yeah, don't be worried about authority. You are allowed to get into trouble. It won't like ruin your life. <laughs> oh yeah. I, do you know what I hate? I still hate getting into trouble now. If I have an email, oh my God. When I was a teacher, I once had an email and the subject just was issue. And I thought, oh my God, <laughs> I, I was like. It's just said issue. Subject, yeah, yeah. issue. And then and then she followed up with that, we'll speak about this tomorrow. <gasps> oh, why am I doing that? That's definitely it. And it was something really rubbish as well. Yeah. But the whole night I was like, oh my God, my career's over. Even with my agent, I hate when she calls me. Because I'm like, she's calling me to tell me I've got to give me some bad news or something like that. Yes. I've started to feel sick. And she was like, if anybody calls me, I think they're dying. And that's exactly it. Like, I presume the worst. And usually it's something just like, are you getting the train at eight o'clock on Friday? Like, yeah. What? <laughs> my friend said, my friend said, if we ever phone each other, like, are you okay? <laughs> are you are you in a ditch? Like, what's, if somebody phones me after nine o'clock, well. But that's it. The world's ending then. We're back to the again, aren't we? Well, Lauren, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been so lovely to reminisce with you. And I will, I'm going to message my sister after and say, another one says no skirts over trousers. I think that sh- someone needs to tell her. She needs some help, and it's and I'm going to intervene. I'm going to stage an intervention and say, no, don't no. do it. It's just, yeah. it's just not right. But it was lovely to speak to you, and I will see you soon. Thank you so much. See ya. Okay, fess up. Did any anybody else out there have uh, roll doll posters on their walls, as in a giant poster of the man? Because <laughs> if you did, I want to know. I want you to send me. <laughs> I want you to send me a message and say, yeah. I stand with Lauren. I had rolled all on my wall too. I, I just I st- when I was when I was listening back to it, I was like, I still couldn't quite get my hat on. I still couldn't quite comprehend why that was on a wall. Thanks so much for listening to another lovely episode of the Phone Box Podcast. I am back next week with another great guest. As per usual, I would love you to leave me a little review over on Apple. If you could give me five stars on Spotify, that would be amazing. And of course, don't forget on Spotify, I always do a quiz. Little quiz, little poll each week, trying to work out, you know, what you think. Who's your favourite? What was your favourite boys' own song? That kind of thing, you know, the real hard hitting issues. So I will see you over on social media from my move to or the phone box podcast. And if not, I will see you next week. Have a great week, guys. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.